0: In today's special episode, we're talking about overcoming obstacles while leading a successful career in the spotlight, and my next guest is no stranger to the game. We're seriously sharing so many insider secrets and golden nuggets here today, my friend, so stick around. You're in for a treat. Welcome to Beauty Aside, I'm your host Gentry Quinn, former high school dropout turned beauty entrepreneur and each week I'm going to be serving you up some digestible beauty bites and inspiring stories that really flip the script on everything you think you know about the beauty and entertainment industry. My next guest is a fitness DVD icon, motivational speaker, television host, MC and producer endorser product endorser you may know her from the multi-million dollar workout series buns of steel where she starred and choreographed 18 of the famous exercise dvds which have sold over six million copies worldwide and she holds a pitch person track record of success totaling over a billion in infomercial sales there's no doubt she's captivated millions she's also one of my personal superheroes welcome lisa hart Wow, (laughs) I feel so special. You are special. (laughs) A sweet, warm welcome. (laughs) You are so special. And I just, I'm just so excited to talk with you today. I just, I can't even, I just want to, I just want to jump into all the juicy stuff and just say, will you take us back to when you first started, if you don't mind, so we have the full picture, because how does someone become a buns of steel Superstar.
1: Well, you're not born with them. They, they are acquired, but...
0: <laughs> good to know. Good to
1: know. So, you know, some, some little bit about the history. One, um, I started teaching group fitness when I was 15 years old. And um, I did that because of a competitive streak. My best friend, Wendy, had auditioned to teach for Bally's Health Clubs in Richard Simmons Asylum, as they called it back in the day. And um, I thought, well, if she can do it, I can do it. So I uh, signed up to go audition. And it was a, uh, an aerobic construction class where you followed along. And if you could jump and kick and follow, uh, you got hired to then be trained. I wore all pink. I had a pink leotard, pink parachute pants, pink leg warmers, and pink heads that had no laces. And I had never done aerobics before, but I was athletic. And um, luckily the school I went to had an elevator because for days I could not walk. Wow. Because I was so sore. But I, uh, I got the part and I got hired to then train to become an aerobics instructor. And oh my gosh, it was just love at first leap or whatever. Uh, I just knew, I'm like this, I just absolutely love this. And um, so time marches on, and I continued teaching all through high school and then starting to get um, various health and fitness and personal trainer certifications and everything. And um, then in my early 20s, uh, a friend of mine encouraged me to enter a competition called the Fitness America Pageant, and it was on ESPN. And uh, so I had to go through several different – uh, try, uh, der- various rounds, prelimination rounds and such uh, to then finally land my way in LA and actually be on ESPN in the finals. And um, then at, after it was all said and done, it was a bikini round and a fitness competition round and even an evening inter-gown ra- interview gown round <laughs> and uh, really, really exciting. And I ended up winning first runner-up and so, wow, you know, this is a fantastic accomplishment. But then there was this side of me where I was like, I was disappointed to find out that I had gone through all those prelims and all that time and all that work. And for first runner up, everybody out of the country, I didn't even get daisies. I didn't get a trophy. I didn't get a tanning certificate coupon. So people listening might, right, right now might be like, well, what in the world is your problem? Well, that was my young side thinking, what the heck? But the bigger gift came later. And the girl who won first got a very restrictive contract on a fitness show. And I've never seen or heard of her again. Wow. I got the call from Warner Brothers. (laughs) Wow. And so, you know, uh, life's rejection, God's protection, or, you know, however you want to look at it. Uh, doors, windows, my goodness. So I got the call from a woman from Warner Brothers Buns of Steel asking me to audition. And I sent in, uh, also at the time, just before Warner Brothers calling me, uh, a, a local sports agent. some I'm from Dallas, uh, named Jordan Moy. He represents various Cowboys football players and professional athletes. Uh, Michael Johnson, the Olympic track star is one of his agents or, uh, clients and um, so he wanted to represent me and got me a few sports TV reporter type gigs. And this came in the perfect timing because then when the chick from Warner Brothers calls me and asks me to send in an audition tape, I'm like, well, sure, I'll bring my camera crew that I just got like last week <laughs> and, and put together a, a great little five minute audition once it was all edited and everything. And as the story goes, they narrowed it down to five girls throughout the U S and they showed it to the um, decision maker with Warner brothers. And he, they showed him mine first and he didn't even go through mine completely stood up, push, stop, got up. And as he's walking out, he says, that's her. Wow. And he didn't look at the other four. Who knows what they looked like or what their auditions tapes were like, but, um, And so then again, luckily I had my sports agent Jordan and uh, we're going through the contract together. That's like 20 some odd pages long. And I thought that I was auditioning for backup talent and he and I get to the same point at the same time on the contract as we're going through it together when we both have this epiphany, holy cow, I'm the lead. Wow. And he's like, he goes, can you do this? I'm like, Yes, I can. Of course, I can. <laughs> I don't know how the heck I'm, what am I, what am I doing? I don't know. So, but I did it and um, it, w- it just started this amazing journey where then all of a sudden I'm flying out to LA. I'm working with a choreographer consultant from Shape Magazine. Just, but, it, but again, I'm like, this is it. I'm in my element. I absolutely love it, and um, being on camera was very comfortable for me, and I, I loved it. And uh, one of the first things that I adopted to try to come across uh, comfortably on camera, I guess so to speak, was that I um, pretended very early on that I was talking to Sally at home. I love and that just looking at a lens. And I still talk to Sally. If I go on QVC or a television show or something, Sally is in the lens and Sally really needs me. And if I get through to Sally, it's a good day. But instead of thinking of there's millions of people all out there watching me and judging me, Sally really loves me.
0: That is a golden nugget. I just want to let our listeners know we're all about golden nuggets, aha moments. And that is a golden nugget, pretending to talk to that one person, your one special person instead of millions of people. That is brilliant, brilliant advice. And what a blessing in disguise that you were the runner up and you did not have those restrictions. And wow, it reminds me when you were talking, I was reminded of a quote, I think it's be so good. They can't ignore you. When they Mm -hmm. put in the audition tape, and they didn't need to look at anything else. I think that's there's a wonderful lesson in there. Like whenever you're gonna go for it, like you go for it, you give it your all. And sometimes you just have to jump in and say, yes, even if you don't know how you're going to do it, just yes. <laughs> and then I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, and that is my blessing and
1: my curse. And I just kind of tease about it being my curse. It by far is my blessing. The, the ways that my confidence is the curse is that sometimes I get into trouble. Sometimes I just do too much, but it is because of that that I'm where I am today because I am I am fearless and I just uh,
0: will go for it you are fearless I so love that about you that is why you are my superhero I have said it ever (laughs) since I met you (laughs) Um, And I want to talk about QVC for a second because you mentioned it. So this is a really good segue because I know a lot of people out there have this dream, maybe like myself, to be on QVC one day with their products. And you have had a lot of experience with QVC. So for all those ambitious hopefuls out there like me, how hard is it to really land a gig on QVC?
1: So much out there is so much more simple than you think. I want to hear all the juicy secrets. It's simple, simple, but it's not easy. Okay. I like that. It's a path. Okay. There's a, there's a path, but just keep in mind on the other end of that email, on the other end of that phone, sitting at that desk in QVC is just another person. They put on their pants one leg at a time. Just like we do, you've got to just, this is kind of with anything that you're going to venture out doing is just knowing that there's not God on the other end. There's not someone necessarily, you know, judging. You have just got to be confident in what you can bring to the table. So me now I've been on shopping channels since I was 25 and Yes, the first time it was because Warner Brothers got me on there. But later on then, I turned it into that I'm going to bring my own products. The contact personnel, there's turnover over the years. But I just researched and learned because when I went on with Warner Brothers, I, I was just booked and okay, you show up and you do your homework and I had to, you know, get my pitch together and everything. But then when I learned the, it was all about learning the inner workings. Even right now, if you go and you look on QVC, there are links about how to become um, an on-air guest, how to pitch your products and everything. And over the years, they've really, really, really organized it. But it's all about relationships and being confident that you have something worth selling worth being heard about and it's kind of even with when I'm doing my public speaking gigs instead of just making the best presentation possible I don't just show up and give that pitch and give that presentation I need to really get to know the audience that's specifically going to be at that event and so I do I do my homework so that then they're like you know really, really engaged in being entertained and I'm, I'm pulling off my end of the bargain. Likewise, with, um, going on to QVC, it's all about starting that relationship with getting in contact with the buyers of the specific department that are, you know, are you in beauty? Are you in health? Are you in apparel? And, uh, doing your homework of what is your product or your service, or what have you, that you're wanting to get on the air to to present, and it's all about um, numbers and dollars to them. And very, very specific about who's your audience. Is it something that is viable that people will want? Um, even backing up to seeing what it is that they already sell. Are they inundated with this thing that you think is going to be so amazing? Do they have too many of it? And just a lot about really, really doing your homework. But the biggest thing is being confident that, again, there's uh, just a normal, everyday person on the other, that, that's, that are the buyers, that are the bookers. And it is their job to find great, exciting, new, life-changing products. So do your homework and be your own salesperson and get out there and make it happen.
0: Oh man, there's so many golden nuggets here. I can't even, I hope everybody has their notepads out. So relationships you mentioned and doing your homework, knowing who your audience is. So, so I have to ask, so let's say that we know who our audience is and we feel very confident that we've got this great product and we have done a lot of our homework. How much of it really is a popularity contest as far as getting that, getting that person to, you know, like read your email amongst all of the other emails or all of the other people out there, how do you break through or, or, or is it a popularity contest? Like, do I have to have this, this big social media presence? Do I have to have something like super special about me to, for them to take notice or can just a normal person with a great product his us through the gates of QVC? Absolutely. Yes, there is merit
1: in our today's social media era of having a social media following and everything. But QVC is the holy grail. They got their own following. Everybody's, there's millions of viewers. So they are not, that's not the first thing that they're looking at at all. That are you going to bring them an audience? Their audience is there. They, even, they own HSN now, Good but they love the real person and that, that person that just seems so relatable to Sally out there. And so they, they love those diamond in the rough that this person may have never even been on camera before because it's the, it's the on-air um, host that they're the one selling and it's the guest that is just supposed to represent and talk about the product. But the, the honor host is the salesperson. So the guest who is bringing the product to pitch the product is just the expert on what product um, that they're, that they're bringing and QVC and, and any shopping channel back in the day, we were more of the used car salesperson. Now, they describe it as the over the fence conversation. Like if I went out into my backyard and I had a little white picket fence and my neighbor came out and I said, Hey, let's talk. And I put my elbow over the fence and we have a chat. That's how we're selling now on the channel.
0: I love that.
1: So it, and, and, you know, and even it goes in with um, reality TV shows, People want to see just what is real, not something canned and they don't like to be sold, so to speak. Although with with the shopping channels and what I do and everything, there's all to the art of selling, but it's a much more low-key, real approach.
0: Thank you for that. I appreciate that because I think that there's so many people that are looking at what's glossy on the screen and thinking I have to be that and forgetting about the fact that, or the value I should say of being just relatable, just (laughs) someone that someone would want to buy something from and they can just be themselves. They don't have to pretend to be this glossy version of themselves. That doesn't mean that they don't need to be looked or they don't have to be put together or anything like that. But I just love what you're saying. So for those people out there that are really, really trying to do their homework, but maybe they're feeling kind of lost. Is it, is it practical to, to, uh, find people uh, to network with people like on LinkedIn, or are we better off going to the QVC website like you said and looking for contact information that way, or how would you recommend no, someone you even- definitely do you definitely do both and
1: whenever you're trying to achieve any type of business or personal goal, there are multiple routes to follow and and I'll even relate this to when I am selling on the air, I need to tell you what I want to tell you, tell you again, and then tell you one more time. Three, three ways, because everyone listens and computes differently. So likewise with, uh, should you go on LinkedIn? Should you just go to the QVC site? Yes, you should do both. And yes, you should think of a third way as well. Do you have any, uh, are there other products out there um, that are similar to yours? Um, Is there somebody that could mentor you in, in that area? I don't know, say it's that you sell a cleaning product or something. Have you done your homework about the competitions that's out there? And is there someone that could kind of be a, um, a side door mentor uh, to get more information to make your pitch more valuable, but it's, it's about my point being, no, there's not one way in the door.
0: So is there something that, we should definitely not do when we're reaching out. Like, are there any no nos you would say? <laughs> Whenever you reach out, don't do this. Hmm, that's a, that's a good one.
1: I, I like to ask that before I'm doing public speaking. I like to say, hey, at your event, is there anything I'm not supposed to say? Like, that it would be so bad? And I guess that really it just means there's not so much there's not really a right or wrong way to do it. Um, you've got to be you. So maybe that would be my answer. Putting on a facade and pretending to be something that you are not uh, can only be done for so long. So really, being being yourself in your approach, um, I have found because I had, I mentioned a little earlier that there is a turnover of the buyers from time to time. And so I need to get to know new ones occasionally and they usually are um, half my age. I'm usually old enough to be their mommy, but um, I just really try to learn a little, like I'll go on. I'll when I see who the buyer's name is, if, once I get to that point, I go and I look them up on Facebook or LinkedIn so that maybe in conversation, um, whether it's via the, the, uh, email or then by the phone, that I know a little bit about them. And then I'm able to ask them questions to start building the relationship. So, heck, here it is, Gentry. Here it is. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't if, if they're in a phone conversation, don't start out talking way too much about themselves they can ask a few questions to get that that person or that buyer to talk a little bit about themselves then that buyer thinks oh my gosh that gentry girl is so nice and personable and I got to know her so well when you actually got them to start talking about themselves
0: then they're going to start giving you the keys to the gate that is genius that is genius and that is just like human psychology, I think, too. right? It just makes sense. That is great. There's another golden nugget for you guys out there. Um, Also, (laughs) I I mean, obviously, the people listening may know that I have a little bit of a film background, too. But obviously, I've never, um, I've never had the experience of being on any big platform like QVC. And I am fascinated by it myself. Can you tell us what is really sort of what goes on behind the scenes? Like what is the difference between the reality of what goes on behind the scenes versus what people see on the TV? Like when you're actually in it, when you're selling the fitness equipment or, you know, like what we see it, what in like 30 minutes, sometimes there's a special and it's an hour or two hours long, but you know, what, how many hours, what's the type of preparation or work that goes on behind the scenes? Well, so
1: from concept to completion or contact to me being on the air and selling, sometimes it can be over six months. um, Sometimes almost, uh, almost a year. Um, Like right now we are in August. Um, I'm too late to get anything on in, in um, by the holidays. The earliest I could dream of being on, if I was going to start pitching something right now is possibly Q1, possibly in January. And uh, because they, they book these things out. And then, so there's, so say I'm already to the point of that. I have, I've made the communication. I've become a a vendor. um, I've got my product to sell. Um, There is so much that goes on in those stages of, Where is my product shipping from? Is it coming across the water? Is it something that QVC is going to house in their warehouse? Or is my company going to be drop shipping it? It Is all the legal in place? It's got the products have to go through their Q&A for safety and product um, quality, all of that. Um, So there's tons that goes on before they will even approve giving me a date. Wow. And um, then while those things are going on behind the scenes of my product's been shipped to QVC and they're taking it through their rigorous um, quality assurance and everything, then I'm starting to work on my pitch. uh, If I need to acquire testimonials. So as they're filming and editing, um, what kind of B-roll the, the footage where we're on the air and they go, let's take a look at what people are saying, or let's take a look at the video of how this product works. That's B-roll. So there's all sorts that goes into that. Do I need to hire you know, my graphic design team or my video crew? What needs to go in um, to put together that B-roll? That B-roll all has to go through um, approvals. And so there's a ton of back and forth. There is so much more time-consuming work that goes on before. So that has to be strongly considered when you're thinking of your price point. Um, What are your cost of goods? What are you going to be wholesaling it for? What can QVC sell it for? so that we all profit. So a lot of times what uh, a mistake that people make is um, pricing it too low to sell it to QVC. And then at the end of all these, the, these months of work and maybe you've had to hire different experts and editors and so forth. And then by the time that product gets across the water and you selling it on the air, you're thinking, Oh my God, I'm going to sell i years and I make so much money. You made a thousand dollars. So, so much has to go into the thought of the pricing and your cost of goods and your time. But then the fun part working on my pitch and thinking of, and so when I work on my pitch, Sally has to have two friends that I'm talking to. So because I need to talk to three different people and three different audiences. um, Maybe it's because I'm telling, selling a tanning product or something. And maybe Sally is the type that, She just would like to look a little bit more tan with her tanning product because her legs are a little bit chunkier than she'd like, and it just makes her legs look a little bit better. Well, maybe um, Katie wants a tanning product, but her biggest point on it is that it better not stink. So I've got to sell to her a little bit different way. Um, Maybe um, Phyllis wants the tanning product because she wants to keep her skin safe and not go out in the sun. So thinking of different, you know, three different ways to sell a
0: product. Um, are you taking notes Gentry? I'm taking notes, but I'm going to listen to this again later too. So (laughs) rest Um, assured I'm taking notes. Yeah. Three different ways to sell. (laughs) Got it.
1: (laughs) the the fun thing i do, i love when i get there oh my gosh their studios are just huge yeah, the the um back end equipment room is like the size of a small car car dealership room with just all this equipment it's just gorgeous it's beautiful and um but then when you go out to be on the set there's like four or five different sets and so it's like and they'll be right next to each other. But of course, on the air, all you see was the den set where I had my equipment. Well, then right around the corner is there a fake wall and then there's a kitchen. Or then there's something that looks like you're outside on the garden. And um, then I have an IFB, which is an earpiece for me to hear the producer. And um, then of course, I've got my microphone and everything. And while we're on the air selling, then the producer is talking to myself and the host. And um, they'll be saying things like, Um, counting us down, you know, on the air in five, four, three, two, one, and, or it might be say that again, say that again, phones are lighting up, phones are lighting up, ooh, scratch it, move on, deadpan, move on, move on, or, um, and we're taking a caller, we're taking a caller, right, and so all this, someone's talking in my ear while I'm talking to Sally, so it's a very exciting um, time for me, and you have to, it takes a certain personality to be able to do it, to where you can't let other people know you've got voices in your head.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm getting so excited as you're describing this. I'm like, yes, yes. I want to go. Are you going to sell another product? Can I be in your shadow? Like I want, it's like on my bucket list. I have to go see it for myself. Maybe I'm weird, but this is very exciting. Um, well,
1: you're, you're saying kind of weird like me.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. It's a good weird then. I like it. So I want to mm. ask you about something, um, that, Other people may not be familiar with which is a pitch person. Mm -hmm. Because whenever I, right before we actually had our first conversation for the people out there, I reached out to Lisa via Facebook from a contact that I had. Um, you actually had an article written up about you in a magazine and I had had a, a journal journal, jur- almost a journalistic <laughs> journalism friend who I reached out Corey, that um, that I said, please introduce me to this person. You have to introduce me as person. Um, and she did. And Lisa was so kind to respond to me, which you so did not have to do, but I saw in your bio online that you were a pitch person. I was very intrigued by that. I, I can't say I didn't, I mean, I, I just could imagine what that was, but I didn't really know if that was a thing or if someone had to have a pitch person. So can you tell our listeners what a pitch person means and why someone might need one? Yeah. So, you
1: know, here we've been talking about me, um, you know, the, the, the steps of bringing your own product to QVC. Well, there are plenty of manufacturers and companies who have a product, but they don't have a pitch person, meaning basically a, an on air salesperson to represent their product. And uh, there's a difference between being a spokesperson that would be where I'm signing a contract and I'm going to represent their product in in a multitude of ways and I'm going to get royalties and so forth. Um, And pitch person is similar, but it can be much more narrowed down where QVC has all these products that manufacturers, uh, vendors are bringing them. And so they might come on and say that there's this, um, one that's got like hair extensions or something, but do they have a representative? No. And so either QVC will have the host just sell it, but then sometimes they'll be on the lookout for who would be a good fit, a good um, person to look the part and be able to get on and act as the on-camera expert, learn everything about the product and get on the air and sell it and pitch it out of the park. So there are different angles, you know, maybe, maybe you, you know, that you are in the 1% of humans who is not afraid to get up in front of an audience and on TV and that you think you could really sell. Um, there is a, uh, there is a need for pitch people to the, and, it, and it's best if it's in an area of product type, product category, that you are actually interested in because then you would learn about it more easily and be able to sell it more easily. Um, But that's kind of a little bit of a difference between a pitch person and a spokesperson.
0: Okay, well, I appreciate that. Um, And I know our our listeners will too. It just reminded me of this funny story. I don't know how funny it's gonna sound when I say it out loud, but I think I was probably like 19 years old or something and I went to apply for this customer service position and it was Mm -hmm. on some type of local... Um, TV show. I I don't even know. I can't even imagine. I don't know if it still exists. I don't even know really what it was at the time, because like I said, I was going to apply for the customer service position. And this gentleman, he, it was it's kind of weird. I think he met me like in a, it's like an apartment. Uh, what do you call it? The, the common area of the apartment. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, met me there. And that's where we had the interview. And because of the type of place that I was applying, he for some reason thought that I was better suited to be I guess maybe what you're describing as a spokesperson or a host, which I had never even thought of before, and I and so his idea was to persuade me. I kept just saying, "Oh," and try to and to say in a really nice way, "I'm I just think I'm just interested in the customer service representative job," and he was trying. To, he put some things up like on a shelf and ask me to describe them. Like, yeah. and I mean, I just. Died. Literally, I was having a panic attack inside. Died. I could not even describe whatever it was. It could have been a bean in front of me. I could. I couldn't describe it. I froze up. Um, I definitely know from now. That's that was twenty years ago, and now it's something that for even my own business I practice, and I think I'm pretty decent at. I just, I imagine the terror that some people would feel as you've described being the spokesperson and, and how being yeah. in that 1% is, um, is a special talent. But it just reminded me of that, whatever you mentioned, the <laughs> spokesperson, I had literally no idea what that was and 20 years ago. And now I'm like, could I have that opportunity again? Could you, could you just ask me again, now, 20 years later?
1: <laughs> the thing is, he saw something in you that you didn't yet.
0: Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I would, I would like to think yeah. that that's true, but... Um... So, okay. So I'm going to go, I want to go a little deeper into an article I found online. It said that your buns paved success was filled with painful obstacles. And this is a quote that I took that you said along the way, I took on far too much and hit many roadblocks that took a hazardous toll on my health physically and spiritually can you share with us a little bit more about those health struggles and how your health setbacks impacted the whole trajectory of your your life?
1: You know, when you think, you know, like when you introduced me at the beginning over a time together, and and I'm like, wow, Lisa sounds awesome. And everybody's listening and they're probably like, they get this vision of she must just have a perfect little life and da-da-da. Well. Over the past 10 years, I've just had a, a lot of roadblocks that many of them have been self-imposed. It's not like it's like, oh my God, I was so mistreated or this or that happened to me. It was so much having to do with me taking on too much. And so um, those visions of Lisa Hart, you know, Rainbows, butterflies, no problems whatsoever. Holy moly. Uh We decided uh, at one point. I decided to open up my own yoga studio, and while it was extremely um, rewarding, it turned my passion into punishment. But it was self-inflicted punishment because I my this goes back to my confidence being a blessing and a curse this was the curse part because I am so interested in so many aspects of my business that I did them all. I did them all, but to do them all you can only sleep for like three or four hours a night. And so I did on the front end, I did the architectural design for the interior of our studio. I um, did a graphic design. I did the web design. and all of, you know, sourcing for the products and then hiring my staff. And tri- and so even before we ever even opened the doors, I was already spiraling downhill. And we were open for, we had the place for five years. And again, so rewarding. My gosh, almighty, the stories of trials and triumphs not just from myself, but all those people that walked through that door into my mind's door, my heart's door and physically into the studio door. Um, So, 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 so rewarding, but where I now the the greatest silver lining now that I am out on the other side, um, we did close the studio about five years ago. And um, the, this is a, life's rejection, God's protection. The center, I was, it was time for me to renew my lease and they raised it. They, it was sold to a new owner and my rent was raised by 80%, Wow. which is like, what? But the thing is I wanted out so badly. So this was my answer. I knew that if I, if I went on doing what I was doing, I would be dead in some way or another, whether that's, I'm really going to physically keel over or just, I was dead. I had every ounce of my energy zapped from me. And, uh, so that, that blessing that, that was a blessing of the rent being raised so much and giving me the answer of, yep, it is time to close those doors. And, uh, during that time I was not able to focus on my family enough because I worked just ungodly hours during, during the day when I'm servicing the clients and um, teaching the classes and everything, I thought, Oh, I'll get a lot of the business side done. Well, that never happened because I'm always talking to people, servicing people working with whether it's clients or with my staff, my instructors, my massage therapists, estheticians, so forth. So then the business side, all that work had to be done after hours. So it was just way too much. During that time, I was diagnosed with RA, rheumatoid arthritis. And uh, so then started the pain from that. And then when, when you are um, lacking in sleep, that's where adrenal issues, cortisol issues can all come into play. And then, of course, anything that ails you, like, for instance, a disease that I had to come to grips with, this is a disease, it makes anything worse. And so my pain level was, was such that I would have to uh, continuously take myself on and off of the teaching schedule. And, um, and then I would start covering up. People are like, oh, why isn't Lisa teaching right now? Oh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really busy on some other uh, projects of my career, da I didn't want to admit to anyone, here I'm running this health facility and I'm crumbling. And, um, so it, uh, it took me a very long time to come up for air after that was all said and done because it was like, it was like a death and a divorce and, uh, just, I was, my health was so zapped. I gained quite a bit of weight. Um, I probably was at a deficit to start, so... Didn't seem that much to other people, but I felt like I was walking around in somebody else's body. But the silver lining of it all now is I get it what other human beings, especially women, have gone through and are still many of them going through. So I relate with the person who can't sleep because of stress. I relate to the person who chases pain all day. I relate to the woman who looks in the mirror and says that she doesn't like what she sees. Um, I relate to the business owner who lost everything. I can relate. And so now that I'm able to tell my story without crying, and I share my story, then my audience cries, uh, some of the, they really, really relate. And then people are coming up to me and asking me so many more questions than ever before. Because before it was all about what are we doing to get our bodies in shape from the outside? And now it is all about, it's an inside job. So I could go on and on, but I won't.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, this is so, this is so good. This is so good. I mean, to be able to relate to other human beings is just so essential to be able to have empathy is like the number one thing I think that humans should have. And it's really special. It's making me feel emotional just hearing you talk because um, I just know how sincere you are and uh, you know a nugget for our listeners, I think, in, in a lesson is what you said, you know, basically just because you can do it all doesn't mean you should do it all. Yeah. Speaking of lessons, what do you think is one of the I mean, maybe we've already answered, maybe you've already answered the question. What what is one of the biggest lessons you think that you've learned from being an entrepreneur because you were kind of like the quintessential entrepreneur. <laughs> You have, you have a lot of, you have a lot of things I'm sure to choose from here. So what would you say is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned?
1: Well, as far as being from, from, you know, more, we're talking the, the, the left brain side, the business analytical side, choose something that you are comfortable with and that you can be yourself. So like when I'm researching or my talk talk topics for my speeches, I'm not going to go out and research something that I have no interest in because then it's going to come across that way. Whether you are a public speaker or whether you are a trainer, a counselor, a salesperson, somebody, just you know, a product inventor, whatever it is, if it's something that you have genuine passion for, You're going to have
0: far more chance of being successful. What qualities do you think humans need to possess to have a better chance of success the way that maybe you have? Humility. It's a pretty good one. Pretty good one. Humility
1: and, um, you know, this is just an an oldie but a goodie also. Um, I know that I am not the smartest cookie out there, and I am not um, the most highly educated, but I am street smart. And I know that if I surround myself around people who are quote-unquote smarter than
0: me, I'm looking pretty smart myself. Oh, I'm feeling real smart right now. Talking to you. I'm surrounding myself with smart people. (laughs) So I'm feeling pretty smart right now. Now that is a great, that is a really great uh, golden nugget right there. You don't have to be, you don't have to go to the most prestigious college. Uh, but you do have to, I, I believe want it the most. And as you said, um, being street smart helps for sure. And surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you is always some great advice. (laughs) I love that. So really what is up next for Lisa Hart? Well,
1: you know, COVID, has been a blessing it's been it's been a curse yes 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 yes, obviously but um it's been a blessing in that it has made me and everyone slow down and uh so while there has been so much more time indoors i'm like it is time to become an expert on all the things that i didn't have time for yet and so, even though I have been in the public eye, whether it's been on television, radio, um, or on the stage, on, on camera, on the mic, it, this time of slowing down awarded me the opportunity to go, what it, what's my favorite thing? What do I, after I do it, do I just go, blah? And I love being uh, on stage, inspiring humans. So right now it's in a virtual setting. But I love sharing my story and telling stories and inspiring others. And so I am digging in deep to really, really fine tune my message. And what I found through taking the time to do that was that I had a little bit too much information that I was like, I have so much exciting information that I want to share. And I just was, it was too much. So I'm really narrowing my message down and, um, and I'm going full force in uh, making public speaking a full-time gig. And, uh, and then surrounding that with supporting products, for instance, eBooks and, products that have helped me along the way, like whether they're, you know, nutrition products, shakes and and so forth and everything. But just what is it that I, you know, what really makes me tick and what has helped me to get from that point of where my passion had been my punishment and to where now I'm, I'm breathing and I'm at peace again. Mm,
0: This is some good stuff. (laughs) Uh, more silver linings. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a, it's a, that's a really special um, thing that you mentioned about having the space created for us right now during this uh, pandemic, which, you know, seems like a curse, but if we look for the silver linings, which I'm, I'm a believer in, As well, I think that that is a blessing, just even being able to create space to pause. Some of us, maybe for the first time in many, many years from being on autopilot, a lot of people out there are just now having the opportunity to actually think about other things that they might want to put their attention on. Lisa, I have to ask, what is your favorite quote and why? Because I think we can learn so much from those types of things.
1: Well, I have tons, but one of them relates to where I talk about that the things that I've been through are are self-imposed, and so one of them that I related to so much um, is all limitations are self-imposed. And this is by Oliver Wendell Holmes. He was in the Supreme Court Justice in the 1800s. So this was said a very long time ago, before we were even in an era of doing too much, but that even back then he saw that humans have the ability themselves to bring themselves down, or to bring them up. And you are the narrator of your inner thoughts. You are the one that decides whether you can cross that finish line or not. You are the one that decides, I can ask for that raise or not. And it's up to nobody else but you. Mm.
0: That's such a good one to end on. It's a good one to marinate on. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. And, you know, before we go, I have to say to our listeners, particularly, that I want them to know how important this meeting has been for me today. um, Because you are one of my real life human superhero role models, and particularly in the entertainment industry, because I think that when people have the level of success sometimes that you've had, a lot of it just kind of goes to their heads and they can kind of explode, but I don't see that in you at all. What I do see is someone who has had this massive amount of success and then you still continue to help serve people like me, for example, right now, and that shows me the type of person that you are. You're showing me. And I just want to say thank you so much for gifting all of us with your insight and wisdom today. It's been so special. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, Gentry,
0: I just love you to pieces. And I can't wait for us to talk again. Oh, me too. Like I said, you know, check that email in the morning. I'm just kidding. But uh, you guys can check out Lisa's free workouts online. And I did say free at lisahart.com. We'll include this in our show notes, of course. And remember, the more you know, the more you glow. Ciao for now.